Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 5, Episode 15 today, here on this Wednesday, January 11th, 2022. By the way, Live with CDP Sports Talk is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out their website, barrycullen.com, for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call, 519-824-0210, and tell them that Chris Palme, a.k.a. CDP, sent you there as well. And also, guys, you can also pre-order the Cadillac Lyric or the Silverado, the all-electric vehicles as well, or check out one of their new Chevy Trailblazers as well. And I'm looking forward to having my uh, a new uh, Trailblazer shortly, a Chevy Trailblazer 2023 as well. So again, thank you to Barry Collins Chevrolet for sponsoring live with CDP Sports Talk as well. Uh, guys, I'm looking forward to my guest today. Uh, my guest's name is Brandon Glasheen. He's the uh, play-by-play announcer for the G League's main Celtics, uh, the farm team for the Boston Celtics. Also, he's with the uh, he's a play-by-play announcer also for the WNBA's Connecticut Sun and also with the National Lacrosse League on ESPN and also 98.5, the sports hub in Boston. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Brandon today. Brandon, today a little bit about the Lacrosse League and also a little bit about the main Celtics and also the Connecticut Sun as well. And also maybe talk a little bit about uh, the New England Patriots as well. So just bear with me, guys. And I'm going to bring on my guest today, Brandon Glasheen. Sorry, I apologize. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Hey, what's up, Chris? How are you? Good, good. How's your day been going? Good. Keeping busy, which is a good thing. Um, can't really complain, man. This is uh, it's a good time of year, right? I mean, all Absolutely. the... Major sports are in action. You got the NFL playoffs, and uh, I know we're going to talk some NLL. That season is underway. Some some news in the league this week. Um, so yeah, we're just really uh, day by day here. You sink your teeth into all of it, right? So it's good. Now, one of my friends is with Coolback Canada, and he's with the uh, uh, TSN broadcast. Their game of the week, Pat Gregor. Have you heard of Pat Gregor? I have. Yep. Pat's yes. a good guy. Yep. Absolutely. And he's the reason I've been, I got into uh, the National Lacrosse League about a year and a half ago. Uh, when I had him on my podcast show, he was explaining to me about the game and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go to a rock game and a bandits game in Buffalo. And I'm now hooked on the National Cross League and I follow both the rock and the bandits as well. That's great. I mean, it's a good league. It's uh, I have a lot of respect for how these guys give it each and every week. I think um, expansion has made the league very exciting that there's teams in some big markets. And I think some of these teams that are newer to the league, it's going to take a little time to get them uh, assimilated and grow. I mean, look at Panther City from last year. They were a team that 
folks counted out early. They won five straight at the end of last season. That They're legit, but you've got some powerhouse teams in this league. Colorado won it all last year. Colorado-Calgary was a great game. Over the weekend, Buffalo is going to be in the mix every year. And, uh, you know, Pat works with the Thunderbirds as well in Halifax. They've got a lot of talent. So uh, it's a great brand. I think it looks great on TV. Uh, I'm biased in that department. But, uh, yeah, it's a good league, and it's it's a lot of fun to work in. The Albany Firewolves, they came from New England. Do you think the Boston market in the future could support a lacrosse league team again? Yeah, that's true. I mean, they did at one point, right? Um, it'd be great. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams now in the Northeast, and there's a great presence of of folks that work in the Boston market, the the the, uh, the New England market, working in the sport. Um, with teams now, of course, as I said, Buffalo's a team in this area. Albany, Rochester, you get the Riptide on Long Island. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think, you know, look, Albany's only two and a half hours from Boston. It's not okay too long of a ride, but, uh, yeah, we got guys that are actually, you know, in the area here in the Boston area that make that commute to Albany and, um, we'll see. I mean, there was a place, there was a place for it in Boston before the leagues changed. And I think they're going after that New York market, New York state market, which is good, but, uh, I don't see why not. I would, I would love to see it. I think right now though, as I said, I think, the current mindset has to be let's get these current expansion teams, these recent expansion teams. I'm going back now all the way to Philadelphia, just from four, you know, three, four years ago. Now, just the, the new, the new version of the wings that is uh, to get these teams uh, kind of settled in and get some cracks. Like I'll give you an example, like, like the Philadelphia, the new Philadelphia wings have been in the league trying to think now for, four years now we didn't have a season in 2021 2021 because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh but like the philadelphia wings just made their first big free agent splash with joe resateritz right and you've got san diego who's had expansion and they've drafted some really young uh some solid young players they just made their first big splashes as an expansion team with curtis dixon in the offseason right that's a big move kevin crowley coming over there so I think we're in a spot right now with the league where these teams that just are, are still on the come up are, are just starting to now scratch the surface, their potential. So um, not to say I'm against expansion. I just think right now the, t- the league's in a pretty good spot. They're at 15 teams. 16 would be ideal because you can go eight and eight in each conference. Um, but we'll see. That's down the road. I was looking at maybe Seattle as a possible expansion team because they're on the West Coast and they're not far from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be a good fit for the league. But um, I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on the Vegas Desert Dogs so far? And do you think this will work out long term for the National Lacrosse League being in Vegas? I do. I think the, the the pro sports market in Vegas is for real. The Raiders, well, first and foremost, the Golden Knights, they've been phenomenal. That's a good take, good product. Folks buy in on that. The Raiders, because the NFL is king, and they've done a good job there. And I think the Raiders this year, kind of talking the whole idea of scratching the surface, I think the Raiders just started that this year because uh, their launch was during uh, the pandemic, couldn't have many folks in the stands. And now you've created a destination for not just to go watch the Raiders, for folks that rooted for the team in Oakland, but you've got team whoever the visiting team is, like I was there for when the Patriots played there, and it was it was it was excellent. It was a great turnout from Patriots fans, and uh, 
yeah, I mean the WNBA, Vegas Aces, they just won the uh, they just won the championship, so th there's room for it for sure. And I think that opening night atmosphere was fantastic, and it left the market left was wanting more. And I think the fan base was curious. They're going to bring in folks that aren't lacrosse fans, and that's okay. The idea is to get sports fans or just fans of entertainment in the building, and then like yourself, Chris, they might come out of it and go, "Hey, you know what?" That's a good product. I enjoyed that. I can I can get interested in this. So they've done a good job now in two games. Their opening night crowd was amazing. When you you can't really draw comparisons from an opening night crowd to um, a night two or night three in an, in an inaugural season. That's really not fair. It's not a fair expectation. But I thought the atmosphere, the buildup, the product itself. Uh, it wasn't a great game. Their first game there. It was a nine three. I think was a final score. So. Uh, Sean Williams will do a great job. He's got a great staff. Sean Williams was on winning teams in the league, won championships as a player, was in, in the process of being a part of a championship staff in Colorado before he decided to move on and take the, the Vegas job, which he had to miss out on the championship season for the, for the mammoth. But, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great, it's going to work out well, I think. And uh, what I tell people that are looking to get into lacrosse, if you like hockey and you like basketball, it's a little bit of both. And uh, I really enjoy it. And I was at the Bandits opening night game against Albany. Unfortunately, they lost 11 to 10, but mm. they had, I think, almost 14,000 people there at the Key Bank Center. And they love their lacrosse there. And, and the Rock, I was skeptical they would do well in Hamilton, which is a suburb of Toronto. But last year, they were drawing about eight, 9,000 fans there. And it was a really good atmosphere. And uh, even though they kept the name Toronto Rock, um, now I admit they, they made the right decision keeping them that name in that city and and it's been a good market as well the rock and the bandits are two of the premier franchises in the league yeah without a doubt right toronto brings in sort of what i was talking about with you know it's not apples to apples but toronto being a hotbed for the sport most of our players in the league come from ontario um or they come from out west right a lot of but it, talking just now East and West, East and West Conference, the bulk of the East Conference players come from that area. So uh, Toronto is a great spot for just a neutral lacrosse fan to go watch a player they may have watched in Junior A um, or a player that competed for a Minto Cup. I mean, there are some legitimate uh, fan followings in Toronto, and they've got championship pedigree. They're trying to get back to championship mode. Um, that's what they're building towards. And the same with Buffalo. They, they've come up just a little short the last two years. Their fans, I mean, they were outdrawing the Sabres last year. And I know the Sabres yes. had a really down year last year. And, and, and they're starting to build it back up, the Buffalo yes. Sabres. But, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, Buffalo, I was there. I was there for game one of the NLL finals in 2019 when they lost, eventually lost to Calgary. Uh, and then watching, uh, we were in Buffalo last year for a game when they played Albany and they, they packed the place. Oh, and we were there for an afternoon game when they played the Riptide and uh, wow, they, uh, they packed the place. They, they do it. They do a great job. Loyal fans there. Absolutely. There is one franchise I'm kind of concerned about and that, that would be the New York Riptide. Do you think long-term that lacrosse, uh, obviously, box lacrosse can be successful in in Long Island, which is not far from New York City. Obviously, 
Uh, yeah, I do. I think, I mean, look, they have a cornerstone piece in Jeff T, but talking more so about the region and the buy-in. Yes. I think Long Island is a great, I mean, you, you look at, you look up and down college programs, college recruiting, the high school circuit in which kids are going to college. A, a bulk of the players come from Long Island. So in terms of the, the building, the youth, young fans that exists, um, Look, they're just in a they're in a position right now where they're trying to get it they're trying to get it right. And Rich Lisk, who's a friend, Rich is now assuming the GM uh, duties there. He did a great job in New England and built a contender in New England right before the the pandemic hit. The New England Black Wolves were the, the number one team in the league record wise. They were Dougie Jameson in the goal offensively had a great year with Callum Crawford, who's in New York now. And Callum is an MVP talent. And Jeff Teat is without a doubt. I think no one would agree, disagree that he is the best young player in the sport going right now. Um, or at least he's one of the top three or four guys on a short list of top young players. So the product on the floor, they'll figure it out. I think they've got, they've got too much talent to, to not uh, succeed. They're off to a slow start. And look, I think, what they're with with the whole with their the news developing there in their front office, I think it just it proves that there's some urgency. And as unfortunate as the news is, uh, for for the individuals involved, the good sign is is that they're they're taking it seriously and they wanna not to say they weren't taking it seriously before, but they want results. And I think New York's got High expectations, as they should. They have too much talent to be off to a slow start. But the market, they'll, they'll be fine. And I think there's enough young fans in in and on Long Island to, uh, to to not be interested. I think there's plenty of interest. And same with the Vancouver Warriors as well. They're off to a slow start as well. This leads to my question. What is your take so far, Brandon, on the 2022-2023 lacrosse season so far? And which teams have surprised so hmm. far? And which teams have gotten off uh, to a slow start? We've obviously mentioned New York and Vancouver. Yeah. Um, look, out west, it doesn't surprise me that San Diego is off to a great start. They are all in. They're all in on a championship. They are healthy. And I think the concern or the 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 head-scratching part about San Diego is you, you say to yourself, all right, you got all this talent that's great. There's one ball. <laughs> and uh, how how do those players that are used to having the ball in their stick, a majority of the shot clock, a majority of a game, how do they adjust? And it, I think we've what we've come to find out is uh, no matter the situation, they were down big to Saskatchewan and they rallied back. Uh, Curtis Dixon, big game player, gives them a different dynamic uh, without a doubt. Kevin Crowley's a great feeder. He was a great player in New England, Philadelphia, before making that move to San Diego. So no surprise that San Diego's atop the West. They're the they're the hunted right now. They're the they're the team you're going after. Now I, I say all that, and I think you can't discount Colorado and having great goaltending. And look, San Diego's got some young goaltending. Shiliano's a good goalie, um, but make no mistake, if you've got good goaltending, which Calgary and Colorado have, and I think the way those two teams played the other night on ESPNU was a great example of what we see in the playoffs. A game where it feels like whoever scores, whoever gets to 10 or close to 10 first, wins the game. Uh, when you have great goaltenders like Dylan Ward and uh, Christian Del Bianco In the East... Hard to ignore what Rochester's doing. They're they're pretty darn good. They made a lot of moves in the offseason. They're all in on Connor Fields, and he's having an MVP caliber year. Now, a little bit different, right? We talked about 
the talent that San Diego has this year. Well, folks were saying the same things about last year's Buffalo team. There's there's one ball, and someone of the of the crop is going to have to sacrifice. And Connor Fields was one of the few guys who had to sacrifice on that Buffalo team. And what they've basically done in Rochester is they've handed him the keys and said, we're going to build this thing around you. And we know not only will you score the goals, but you will create for others. And that's exactly what he's done. So I'm happy for Connor Fields. He was a great player at UAlbany. And uh, he's got a bright, bright, bright future in the NLL. He's been fantastic. So I think uh, Rochester's a surprise, but it shouldn't be that surprising when you think about it. They've done a good job retooling that roster. And they're, they're, they're again, it, while they're the, the, the old Rochester in terms of roster construction is in Halifax, the, the brass there knows how to build a winner and they're doing a great job. And I just think, I think again, what we're running into this year, the East is, the, the East is loaded. The East is really, really good. Uh, Toronto's off to a slower start than most thought, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll see Albany young offense. They've got a primary guy or they've got a, a legit guy on the goal. George is off to a slower start. No question. Um, but Halifax and Buffalo, they played each other already this year. Those two teams are con- are contenders. So I think the East is really, really good, and it's no surprise that uh, San Diego is doing well. But we'll, when San Diego's offense is held stagnant for a night, I think you can't discount Colorado and, uh, and Calgary. One thing about the Rochester team, and I wanted to ask you about this, and I should have asked Pat the last time he was on my show. How do you feel about uh, the Pagolos owning two franchises in the league? Do you think eventually Rochester uh, will have another owner, or is that okay? Or you, is that okay? Is that I guess it's okay with the league to have one owner to own two teams, two franchises. Yeah, well, the sa- it's the same situation um, it, with with the, the the Desert Dogs and the Seals with Joe Sy. Okay, um, so it's. It's not uncommon. Uh, I, I I don't I don't really see much of a problem with it. I think at the end of the day, too, like especially uh, especially when you look at the two those two situations, they're both in the same league. So one of the meaning the same conference. So I should have said not league conference. They're both in the same conference. So someone's going to have to beat the other to make the conference final and win a championship. Well, and I guess, as I say that there's a chance that couldn't happen because of the wild card scenario with the NLL. Um, so I guess that's possible, but uh, I don't really see much of a problem with it. I think, I think those guys are good for the league and I think owners that are invested in owners that want great lacrosse and great players and they're willing to invest. I think the league still needs that. The league is not in a position to be too nitpicky about those things. So, okay. When is your next next game on ESPN? I know TSN had the game of the week this Friday with Albany or Albany and Halifax. So I was just curious to see when your next game was for ESPN. Yeah. uh, Next Albany game will be the 21st. It's a Saturday uh, riptide firewolves um, ESPN plus. And then we are on locally, on uh, my four Albany. And then uh, as far as the league uh, ESPN schedule, we are not on again until the end of March. We play, or we, we are at, uh, we're in Georgia for Riptide Swarm on, I got it right in front of me here. Uh, March 31st is our next league game, which I think uh, league kind of worked at the schedule a little differently than last year. Last year we had a lot of games in January and February. 
Um, but when you consider, I, I don't know this to be true. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of putting the pieces together. But what if, if I had to imagine you're trying to compete with conference, uh, with college basketball and conference tournaments and college basketball fills up weekends on ESPN men's and women's, and then you enter conference play season in February. It's, that's happening now, but like conference tournaments and all that, all that good stuff early March. Then you have field lacrosse starting up college field lacrosse starting up in March too. Um, so I think it actually works out well for the league. There's a window there. Once March madness starts to simmer down, the college seasons are still sort of underway. No one's really fully bought in yet on the college landscape. And I'm talking like casuals here, not like diehard fans or fans of particular schools. But there's a window there, I think. End of March through April um, for the NLL and just lacrosse in general to uh, really you know, get some, get some eyeballs on the game. So okay. kind of made sense to me when the, when the schedule was built like that. So yeah, we did the game in Vegas in December. Um, we had, we've had a couple of games here now in January, like the game in Colorado was on EU. Uh, San Diego's got some games coming up on national TV. So they've got a West crew, uh, Cooper Perkins, Nick Asello, they do a great job, but yeah, Mitch Belial and I will be together at the end of March. And your co-host, uh, Ashley Miller, has been on my show as well. She's very passionate about sports and lacrosse as well. Yeah, she's great. I like working with Ashley. She's a fellow Syracuse grad. Um, we've worked together now for two years, and she's uh, she works hard. She she tells great stories. She's, she does a great job anchoring, uh, or pardon me, reporting in, uh, in, uh, in Albany locally. And um, she does a solid job. She, she, she does her homework, and she shows up and – Tell you this, she knows how to handle herself in terms of telling a, telling a good story and also asking great questions to players. Because I think sometimes we overlook that stuff when we watch interviews after a game, and you're just like, "All right, hey, like you scored this many goals, and you, what'd you think?" It's Ashley kind of sets the table nicely with some really thoughtful, powerful questions to get the most out of athletes because i think those are important when you when you're a player and you come off the fle- you come off the floor come off the field come off the rink whatever it may be you're you're so like dialed into the moment that you got to as a reporter you got to ask a good kind of really tie a nice bow on the question to to help the athlete and ashley does a she does a great job at that so i've enjoyed working with her Absolutely. And uh, I was going to say for the National Lacrosse League to be on TSN on a regular basis and then mm. ESPN or ESPN Plus is huge for exposure. And uh, I know the Bandits have radio coverage with John uh, Gerkler and I think Randy Means, I believe. But uh, is there are a lot of other teams. I think Albany's got a radio team, but is there are a lot of other teams in the uh, NLL that are on the radio as well? I believe so. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I know, I know previous uh teams have had radio but that's changed like albany we're just on tv or we're on tv now and we do the espn uh plus um tv deal with the league but uh, i i can't speak to that i don't know for sure i don't know if, I, I i wish i i wish i knew uh because things change it, this and it's really it's not it's no it's no disrespect it's me it's just this this is this is this is media now i mean yeah. radio deal goes awry yeah. uh tv deal changes affiliations change part of the beast and live streaming is huge now now i can watch 
as many games as I want on tsn.ca uh, as well. And it's great because I love following the league. Hey, I was going to say you were from Syracuse. I've had a lot of guys on my program from Syracuse. John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills, who had a stroke recently. I hope John recovers. Matt Derry from uh, Detroit. He's from Syracuse. And Tegan Brown from Syracuse. And uh, I believe Sal Capaccio, the Bills sideline reporter, uh, went to Syracuse as well. It seems to be one of the top broadcasting schools in the States. Great alumni base, great uh, tradition. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great program and the, the access on campus to student radio and TV. And again, I think the alumni are a big, big part of this, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my time there and just, just the, the access. Like, I think that's the key word is access. You have access to it's, it's, and it's, it's also a power five uh, program in terms of football, basketball. Uh, so you get some really cool experience, but um, it's relationships and well access and then access allows for r- relationships and, and some great opportunities. So uh, those names you listed off, those are folks that have done phenomenal things and they're doing things in the NFL. They're doing things in Buffalo that, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. It is neat. Um, to, to, to see the amount of folks that did it. Ashley did it. Uh, Casey Powell was our analyst the other day and Casey played in the league and Casey played at Syracuse. So that was pretty neat. I had never done that before. I've been a part of a whole crew. I've done like play by play in color with someone, but to have a whole team from one school was pretty neat in the school you went to. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's great. Kit, that's really all I can say. Uh, humbled yeah. by the the the, the um, very humbled by the opportunity to go there because I think a lot of folks try to get in there and you know some you know some people don't and there's other great programs too. There's other great schools. Yeah. Syracuse, yeah. I'm very lucky. It was a great experience for me. Yeah, as for me, I'm doing the unconventional way. When I was in my 20s back in the 90s, they didn't have podcasting all this technology, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But you know what? Um, I'm doing it the unconventional way with my podcast work. And also I'm doing TV work as a camera operator and I do digital writing. So um, if I was like 20, 25 years younger, I definitely would go back to school for broadcast journalism. But uh, everyone that's come on my podcast has been awesome with me. And uh, I'm learning so much on the TV side as well as the radio side. So I'm hoping somebody out there one day will notice my work on here and uh, give me an opportunity in radio. That's my ultimate goal is to be on air on a radio station. I think what you're doing right now is excellent, Chris. I mean, reps and just putting yourself on the air. And there's no better way to get better at this than just keep doing it um and getting feedback right or, or you know picking you know picking your own work apart at the end of the day you you can you be your own worst critic you have to watch your stuff back and say okay could have done that better could have done this better um and i think adapting to how the business changes is important i mean what you kind of said there it's something that's run through my head all the time like when i graduated in 2015 espn3 that concept had just sort of started. So when I got out of school and you're looking at jobs, it was like a big deal if you applied for a Power 5 radio play-by-play job. Play by, and again, play-by-play, if you want to do TV news and a market, I get it. Like that, that was never for me. I never had interest in doing that. Like sports news, like to be the sports anchor at a station in Minnesota or wherever. You know, 
Milwaukee, Green Bay, Orlando, California, whatever it may be. Um, but the, it's just, it's crazy how much it's changed in that span of time. Like now folks would say, oh, you know, I got to log into this and find this and authenticate that to watch my game or watch this game. Now every, it's like, a, it's like mandatory for every, if just talking college now, college athletics, it's mandatory for every school, no matter what division, no matter what conference you're in, D1, D2, D3, you better have streaming. You better put your game on where someone can watch it. And then with that being said, we, well, we want, we want commentary. We want to play by play guy. We want a color guy. We want a reporter. Uh, you need a director, a producer, four cameras. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, that's, that's what kind of bar we've set now. So I think there's a lot of work now in that regard. Now it depends on how much each school or each league, each team wants to invest. And that, that comes back to money and money's a big part of this industry. You get what you pay for a lot too, in this business, whatever you want to pay and invest. That's what it looks like when you watch at home in your living room or on your phone. Um, so the good news is there are a lot more opportunities because of the digital streaming world we live in now the challenge now is we have to i think we need to see more places do it well and consistently and i think that's the challenge now is we're all these schools and leagues are they want to have these big media deals or they want to put these games on this and that but you know if there's staffing problems and there's only so much certain places can do. It, it comes back to dollars to being invested. So I would say that to you, Chris. I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot more out there, but then now the challenge is how do you separate yourself from being a small fish in a big, big pond? So because then that's the other thing. Like talking to folks that I looked up to when I was in school, that graduated from college or didn't even go to college, whatever their path was in the '80s, '90s, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Like media now, folks want to be on the air. Folks want to talk about sports or talk. We're talking sports on this podcast. Yeah, folks want yeah. to talk about sports for a living. Yeah. It was not like that back then, or at least the and, or or the opportunities weren't as uh, abundant as they are Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So absolutely, and eighty um, percent of my podcast is sports. But now I'm also branching out into doing local news stories and interviewing people from other professions. I want to try to make myself uh, a jack of all trades, and the more I can do and learn, and that's what I love about this profession is I'm learning so much on the TV side, doing camera work, and also with my podcast show as well, and doing digital writing. And um, I cover the CFL's Toronto Argonauts and get to speak to the coaches and players and write up a story. So I'm just trying to do a little bit of everything and, and, and make myself more marketable as well. I mean, I don't have much to add. That's good. That's great stuff. Uh, before I get into some questions, Brandon, uh, I got to ask you, um, I was going to ask you, uh, what are, what's the mood in Boston right now uh, with the New England Patriots, obviously uh, losing to the Bills and Buffalo? Who would have thought this uh, after New England dominated Buffalo for, what, 20-plus years that the Bills have eliminated them the last two years? And I thought the Patriots played well in parts of this game, but then the, the, the two kickoff returns and then the John Brown and Diggs deep balls just were too much, in my opinion, for them to overcome. I think what we're finding out here in New England is when you have the guy for 20 years and Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., uh, when you have that guy and then someone else finally in that same division got a guy, and that would be Josh Allen, 
you kind of watch and you go, can't stop that. Like that pass to Diggs over the left sideline, right in the bread basket, pressure's coming, he's eluding it. And you're, as a fan, like a lot of fans do when they watch the NFL, you know, down, set, go, you, you start rising out of your chair, get him, get him, get And then you look up, you go, how do you, how do you, how do you stop that? And that's where we're at now. The Buffalo Bills have the guy. They went out and got him a guy at receiver in digs and they've drafted well. They are well coached. They, um, I know Von Miller went down for the season, but they've got, you know, Tredavious White is healthy again in that secondary. I think the Bills are playing better on defense. Um, and that's where the Patriots are at. They're they're now chasing a, a different team. They're not no, they're no longer being the hunted. They are chasing the Bills. I think the good sign for the Patriots is, and I don't mean to, you know, health and safety of players, as we found out with the DeMar Hamlin story. It's 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 a powerful thing, and we need to take that very seriously. I'm talking about just the Patriots' path to getting back to relevance. Seems like Miami has issues at quarterback to his health, which is a that's a whole separate. We could go on and on about a whole different show. My oh, point yeah. is, it feels like Miami has some serious discussions to make in the offseason about the, the future of their position because Tua's Tua's concussion issues are real, and he's out for the coming weekend. That's a real problem. So Miami's got an issue in terms of figuring out their quarterback room. The Jets and Zach Wilson, they've got their fair share of problems. Um, it seems like they aren't on the same page. Wilson will be elsewhere. It feels that way. Or they might try to right that ship. So um, Patriots might have the second best quarterback in the division based on availability, based on uh, hope and what just just kind of glimpses. Now, the, the big the big hype around the, the Patriots this year was their, their, was their offensive coaching. Bill Belichick hired two... Uh, non-offensive coaches. Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator a few years ago, and he was the head coach of the Giants, who made the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Matt Patricia has been back with the staff a little longer. He's been in the uh, he's been upstairs with the uh, now retired Ernie Adams, front office role overseeing team personnel, uh, and this year was the play caller on offense. Never called plays before. And Bill Belichick said at the owners' meetings right around this time last year, probably 10 months ago, that, yeah, you know, a football coach is a football coach. And he said, Bill Belichick flat out said, if it doesn't work, you can blame me. So that's what's happening now. Belichick's catching a lot of heat. They've already made a message out to season ticket holders, Chris, that don't worry. It came out the day after the season ended. Typically this stuff, you let the, you let the dust settle a bit. You let the noise kind of quiet down. And then you reassure your fans. They, they sent out a message to season ticket holders that changes are coming. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think Robert Kraft, that would be a pretty bold move if he didn't bring back Bill Belichick or if they decide to part ways. I know that sounds crazy, but um, there's some real conversation going on. I think Kraft is going to be more hands-on or at least not hands-on, but he's going to be more aware of what Bill's doing and what his plan is. So it's it's murky times here in New England. And I think fans don't feel bad at all for the Patriots, and they probably shouldn't. They were very successful for 20 years. Have you had any dealings with Bill Belichick during the media call, no. calls of conference? Because no. when I watch when I watch them, he is very he doesn't like to he just seems very he's not a big fan, in my opinion, of the media or likes to to give the media much information at all. Nope. Nope. I've never never had that luxury. I've been to Gillette plenty of times. I've worked at Gillette, but I've never been in the, the media room or nope. 
hasn't uh but yeah your your uh your 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 hypothesis your hypothesis is uh is accurate he doesn't like to give much now in certain spots he'll open up like i think when he knows like for example he'll he'll do his pregame radio interview that's about 5 minutes on the radio network and he'll be a little more candid um he'll hype up the other opponent too he'll hype up the opponent but when it comes to diving into certain stuff and there's good and bad with that. Like Bill, when folks ask, and especially now since Brady left, folks have been more critical of the team. And Bill is very consistent in terms of protecting his players for the most part. Um, so you don't get much out of them. So I got a couple more minutes for you, pal, and I got to get running. So Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, obviously, where were you went to school? Say, Syracuse University. Um, did you have any mentors when you were starting out in the industry yes uh i think when you go to college you think oh college um you don't really know what to do in terms of who to talk to i worked at a local radio station in my hometown of lowell mass uh lowell massachusetts and uh a gentleman by the name of teddy panos he gave me my first he and he does morning radio and lowell news radio does sports as well he let me come on and be like a sideline reporter more so like a Basically like an NFL countdown correspondent at games, high school football games. I'd call into the show and I'd give like an update. That was my experience going before college. But then when you get into school, like I've talked about, you, you meet so many people um, in terms of like just resources, folks to reach out to. But some folks that helped me along the way, uh, Ian Eagle is a friend and Ian Eagle has been phenomenal with this time and not even just the, 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 the intricacies of the, the play-by-play, but more so like how to navigate through the business, how to handle certain conversations with executives or uh, hiring managers. Like Ian Eagle's been through it all. Uh, so he's someone I've looked up to Dave O'Brien voice of the Red Sox uh, on TV. He's a great person. I've talked to Dave plenty before. Um, there's a lot of them, man. Not even just Syracuse people. Like you meet people in this business right when you get out. But yeah, I think uh, you know Ian's one that definitely comes to mind as far as someone who I've I've looked up to. And then I, just growing up, I would listen to guys in the area that who I have now. It's weird. Like now they've become colleagues as opposed to me just being like, oh my gosh, you're that person. Like Dave was that guy. Like I heard the Dave on the radio, but when I was in high school, um, Sean Grandy, voice of the Celtics. Like I've met. Sean and I now are like, we're not, we're not friends. I'm not going to pretend like we're best friends, but like we text and we're, we're like colleagues now. Um, it's kind of cool. Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. So it's a lot of folks in new England, but those guys didn't go to Syracuse. I mean, Dave did, but those guys didn't go to Syracuse. Like it was just, uh, it's, it's, and I give my, I guess I say to myself like, Hey, like it's, it's cool to have mentors and folks you look up to too, just, just because they didn't go to the same college as you. So those are some folks that come to mind. And Bob Soshi, I've had on my show a couple times, one of the nicest guys. And I hey, said, great. Bob, even if I'm an Eagles fan and Eagle fans aren't supposed to like the Patriots or anybody in the NFL, I said to Bob, as long as you guys aren't playing Philly, uh, Bob is one of the nicest guys. And, and he loves his minor league baseball career as well. Mm. And uh, great storyteller. And I do admit, I listen to Bob and Scott Zolek sometimes on, on the uh, Patriots app. And uh, Scott Zolek is quite the character as well. Zoe, like Zoe catches a lot of flack because of his, he's goofy frat boy nature. Um, he, he is, and I'm just like, I'm not just saying this like, and Zoe, and Zoe, I, 
Zoe has said a lot of nice things about me, which I'm like, oh, like I didn't know Zoe thought that about, which is like gratifying because I'm like, I think I know Zoe's a goofball um, majority of the time on his radio show Monday through Friday on the Sports Hub. But Zoe, when he calls a game, Zoe is good. Zoe is, I put him up there with anyone, uh, not even just radio. Like I, I could listen to Zoe call a game on CBS with, Nance or Ian Eagle or Kevin Harlan, like Zoe is really when Zoe's locked in, he can pick a game apart. And it's really neat on radio because in radio, as we know, you can't see anything. And it's very uh the, the, the melody the of radio. You've got to get your thought in before that snap of the ball. So Bob or whoever it is can get the get the uh get the mic back and call the play. So Zoe has mastered that uh that craft to uh to deliver i think he does a, i think he does an excellent job calling a game obviously last question i wanted to ask you brandon i wanted to get this into you if you got like two more minutes is uh, sure yep thoughts on the main celtics of the g league seven and all start to this season and who are some players to watch out for on this team and recently you guys beat uh, my motor city cruise as well the the affiliate of the pistons i'm a pistons fan as well but a lot of respect for the uh, celtics organization Celtics, uh, yeah, they, they're looking good. 7-0, best record in the NBA G League. Um, they are, uh, I think, this is their best start to a regular season in the franchise's history. And then what they're going for, they're going for something else. I have it up here on my notes. They are, uh, the franchise record for consecutive wins is eight. And they go for that tomorrow night. They play the, they play the, the Sixers affiliate, Delaware, tomorrow night. Um, they play tomorrow night and they play, we have a game on, um, on Saturday. So yeah, they're, they're, they're very, uh, very unselfish team. Top of the league in assists, top of the league in rebounding, offensive rebounding. They can score. They've got NBA talent. Denzel Valentine was in the NBA for five years with the, uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Mariel Shayok was overseas last year. He played one G league season in Delaware. He's come on, has had a great Great start to this season, this regular season. And then the the two-way contract players that are under team control, they can go back and forth, Boston, Maine. J.D. Davison, second-round pick in 2022 out of Alabama. Came off the bench at Bama. He's doing that now in Maine. And I think there's some comfort for J.D. to kind of see the game. Come on. Now his turnovers were really high early in the season. He's cut those back significantly, and his assist-to-turnover ratio is very, very impressive. Had 16 assists. Last night in their win against Grand Rapids, so he's coming along very nicely. And the Celt and, and Boston has such a loaded; uh, they have a plethora of guards. So JD is going to have to work really hard to work his way into that into that mix. So no surprise that he's been in the G League. He'll he'll be in, he'll be in Maine. I think I think he'll be in Maine for most of the year because there's just too many guys in Boston. And it's back to it's that argument of like, would you rather him be in Boston at the bottom of the bench and not play at 20 years old, or go to the G League and play in 45, 50 games and get 35 minutes a night? And that's what he's doing, and I think it's helping him tremendously. And then as far as a front court player, big guy. Uh, Luka Shamanich, who was a former first-round pick of Greg Popovich and the Spurs in 2019. He's had a phenomenal year. Double-double machine was the player of the month in November. And uh, the other two-way guy is Fiondu Cabangele, who was a first-round pick of the uh, Clippers back in 2019. And he's had a great year. Who knows what role he might have in Boston 
by the end, but the uh, you, know, you always got to monitor the Celtics, Boston Celtics, and their front court. And uh, Fee Fee is trying to make a make his way back to the NBA. So we've got some got some hungry guys, and they play together, which is great because I think everyone thinks of it like, oh, you know, like it's AAA baseball or the G League. Like these guys don't care about winning and losing, which at the end of the day, it is about development. But I think when you're playing winning basketball or playing winning anything, it helps the development of your players. So. Right now, that that's that's the way it's going. So they're playing together, and it's really fun to watch. I'm going to have to get out to a G League game. I'm about 40 minutes from where the 905 Raptors are in Mississauga, which is a suburb of Toronto, and I'm only about three and a half hours from Detroit where the Motor City crews play at Wayne State as well. But uh, I'm going to let you go, Brandon, but maybe I could have you on again in the future and maybe talk a little more about the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins. And I was going to say, right now, who's the next team in Boston that's going to win a championship before I let you go? Put you on the spot here. You know, I, well, like, I feel like, you know, I, I got to say these guys, I, I, I feel like I have to, but feels like, so I'm not going to say they're not, but I will say this, the Boston Bruins right now, they feel like a team of destiny, the way they are playing Patrice Bergeron final hurrah. They changed the coach and it's ironic because, um, Bruce Cassidy is doing fine. He's doing a great job in Vegas. And you would have thought, uh Oh, he's doing great. The Bruins must have made a mistake. And as it turns out, the Bruins have been phenomenal under Montgomery as their coach. So uh, the Bruins, I'll say this. I almost want it to be the Bruins only because this feels like their last kind of hurrah here. Whereas the Celtics, they keep the two J's together. They're going to be fine for years to come. So if I had to pick the way I want it to go, I would ideally want both of them to win because they play right around the same time. The finals and the NBA and the NHL around the same time. So uh, I hope it's both Boston, uh, the Bruins, and the the Celtics. But, uh, you know, the Bruins, I mean, no one saw this coming around here. I think people thought they made the playoffs, but no one saw them being this this good. They're they're like a juggernaut right now on offense. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm pulling for both, Chris. That was a tough question to get me out on here. Boston is such a great sports city, and I, I was there in 2017, and I need to get back there to Fenway Park and to go to a Celtics Bruins game. And even though I'm an East fan, I believe the Eagles next year are at Gillette Stadium. So I'm going to have to come out to Gillette Stadium with my uh, Philadelphia Eagles jersey and uh, come see that stadium and and, uh, see that organization, which has uh, been tremendous the last 20 years. But Brandon, I was going to say thank you so much for coming on my podcast show. And uh, I hope maybe I can have you on again as a guest and talk a little more about the Celtics and Bruins and even the Red Sox possibly as well. And we'll see about the Red Sox. They're 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 kind of bothering me right now. But yes, Chris, thank you again for even thinking of having me on. And uh, keep up the great work. You're doing a great job. Thanks. And where can my audience again find you on social media if they want to follow you? Yeah, uh, on the Twitter machine at Brendan Glasheen. Uh, I'm over on Instagram at bj underscore glash. That's where I am. And I got your website here too. If people want to check out your work there as well. Cool. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Okay. Okay, Brandon. Well, have a great day and we'll definitely keep in touch with you on Twitter. And uh, yeah, definitely would like to have you back again as a guest in the future. But thank you so much for your time today coming on live with CDP Sports Talk. Chris, thank you. Talk to you again soon. You too. Thanks, Brandon. Have a great day. 
All right, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today, season five, episode fifteen, with Brandon Glasheen. He is the uh, play-by-play announcer for the G League's main Celtics, and also the WNBA's Connecticut Sun, and also the uh, National Lacrosse League on ESPN with the Albany Firewolves as well. Guys, before I wrap this up, I'm going to show you a little bit of uh, uh, Brandon's work on his demo clip, on his demo reel, courtesy of Brandon's YouTube channel. Wolf. Danny Kleppinger and Brendan Glasheen here with you. Well, we had a thriller last night to close out our quarterfinal action. It kept us awake throughout the course of the night. Hartford pulling up the upset over Binghamton, and Darby Lee played excellent left. All right, guys, just bear with me. Uh, the video is frozen on YouTube, so uh, if it doesn't come back on in the next 30 seconds, uh, we will we'll have to play the clip again as well. As we wait for the clip to come back, guys, uh, I'm just going to put down my next podcast show. I'm going to give it another 30 seconds to reload. If not, it doesn't work. My next live with CDP Sports Talk by Barry Collin Chevrolet uh, is going to be this Tuesday, January 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern with guest Ben Volin, he's a senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe, APN, a American Press NFL voter, and he Ben has also covered four Patriots Super Bowl runs as well in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to Ben about his career as a writer and being with the Boston Globe and covering uh, the Boston. Or the New England Patriots as well. So I'm not sure if this video is going to come back on or not. I'm going to just pause it and see if we can get it to go on. It doesn't look like it wants to come on, guys. So um, I'm just going to have to scrap the video. But, uh, yeah, again, I want to say thank you to Brandon uh, Glashier for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk today. Unfortunately, I can't play the clip, guys. Uh, it's freezing. Always oh, Sunday's blowout victory in Boston, I think it's fair to say LeBron James enjoyed his first play date with his new toys. Eight on the shot clock for Hartford. Ayalobe defending Lee. Three to shoot, Young got it off, and got it. Okay guys, unfortunately I had some tough technical difficulties with the video footage of Brandon's work. So I will try to show it the next time. But again, next live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 5, Episode 16, brought to you by Barry Collin Chevrolet, will be Tuesday, January 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern with my guest Ben Volen, uh, senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe, American Press NFL voter. And Ben has also covered four Patriots Super Bowl runs. So we're going to talked about and covering the New England Patriots uh, for the last uh, decade as well. Also, guys, next crossbody pro wrestling card, Uproar, they call it, is this Friday, January 13th at 8 p.m. at 132 Argyle Street North in Cambridge. Tickets are only $10 for adults and 5 for kids under 12. And you can also purchase tickets or you can purchase tickets at the doors, or you can email Ben Ortmans at cbpwaacademy at gmail.com. Again, so please check out Crossbody Pro Wrestling Card this Friday night, 8 o'clock, uh, again, at 132 Argyle Street, north in Cambridge. And you can get tickets at the door, 
or you can uh, purchase them uh, through um, Ben's uh, email address. I'll put it on here right now. You can, yeah, again, you can get the tickets at the doors or you can email Ben Ortmans, the owner of Crossbody Pro Wrestling at cbpwacademy at gmail.com. Great wrestling and uh, with the uh, wrestlers after the shows as well. Also, guys, I just want to let you know, uh, live with CDP, live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on my YouTube channel, on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and LinkedIn as well. So I want to say thank you to everybody for watching this live today on Facebook Live, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter as well. And my Twitch account is at ChrisPame19, at ChrisPame19 on Twitch as well. You guys can also check me out on beacons.ai slash Palme. That's my website, beacons.ai slash Palme and stuff like that as well. And again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Gulf. Check out barrycon.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519 824-0210 and tell them that Chris Palma, a.k.a. CDP, sent you there as well. And I really appreciate uh, Barry Collins uh, for sponsoring my podcast show as well. You guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. I post a lot of content there and I do some live video uh, sports shows there as well. Strip is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP podcasts. If you're into webinars or doing podcasting, uh, StreamYard is who I would recommend. Uh, great product and great customer service with StreamYard as well. Live with CDP podcast. The audio version is always downloaded to iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, Tuned In, and Podbean. If you guys can give me about I don't know 15 minutes, I will have this uh, episode downloaded to my audio platform. So uh, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to this podcast on my audio platforms. I am now being listened to in 21 countries across the world. And I'm also now on 19 platforms as well. So thank you so much for watching and listening to my live sports talk as well. You guys can also email me at cpalme19 at gmail.com. That's cpalme19 at gmail.com if you'd like to email them. And you guys can also follow me on LinkedIn. Just type in Chris Palme and I will accept you there as well and also follow me on all these other platforms you can follow me on facebook twitter instagram uh linkedin uh tiktok and please consider subscribing to my youtube channel type in chris palme or live with cdp sports talk as well before we wrap this podcast show up guys uh, I give you my uh, NFL predictions for this weekend. Um, we've got uh, Seattle at San Francisco. I'm going with the Niners to win. We've got the Chargers Saturday night against Jacksonville Chargers. So Saturday, I have got the Niners winning and the Chargers winning. And then on Sunday, I have the Miami Dolphins 
upsetting the Buffalo Bills at Highmark Stadium. I don't know how they're going to do this, but Miami, I'm picking over Buffalo. I'm picking Minnesota to beat the Giants. I th- feel the Vikings are being disrespected by the Giants and also the media in in, in Canada here. So I've got Miami winning in an upset, Minnesota beating the Giants, and then Sunday night game, uh, Cincinnati easily handles the Baltimore Ravens, who might be without Lamar Jackson as well. And then the Monday night game, Tom Brady is going to go 8-0 against Dallas and beat those Dallas Cowboys again on Monday night football. Dallas has lost their last eight road playoff games and haven't won a road playoff game in 30 years. So again, uh, this weekend I'm taking San Francisco, the Chargers, Miami, Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Tampa Bay to win as well. And the TSN game of the week uh, on Friday night is going to be the Albany uh, Firewolves taking on the uh, Halifax Thunderbirds. Check out John Abbott, Ashley Docking, and Pat Gregor on TSN's game of the week and that should be a great game as well and uh, Sal Capaccio today on his Twitter page announced that uh, Mika High and uh, Jamison Crowder are now practicing with the Bills and they have a 21 day window so whether that means uh, obviously they're probably not going to play on on Sunday against Miami but there's a possibility they could have Mika Hayek and Crowder back if they can get to the uh, AFC championship game, but who knows? And as for the Eagles, nice to see CJ Gardner Johnson back for the Eagles in their secondary. And, and it was nice to see Hertz back. I'm hoping Hertz uh, will feel better in another two weeks. Uh, he's still got that sprained shoulder injury. So uh, I'm hoping that will be a little bit healthier going into the NFL out of the NFC divisional uh, second round against whoever they play. Uh, it might be the Vikings or it could be the Giants. So we'll see. Seattle, if Seattle upsets the Niners, it could be Seattle at Philly. So it's going to be an interesting week of uh, football in the National Football League. So I'm looking forward. Well, and uh, the main Celtics are 7-0, and and they take on uh, the Delaware Bluecoats tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And that game will, will be on NBC. Uh, in Boston, and also uh, check out the G League as well. If you haven't been to a G League game, uh, check out the 905 Raptors in Mississauga or check out the uh, Motor City Cruise at Wayne State University in Detroit as well. That's about it, guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to my next podcast show again, Season 5, Episode 16, brought to you by Barry Collin. Again, it's going to be Tuesday, January 17th, 2 p.m. Eastern with my guest Ben Volin. Uh, senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe, American Press NFL voter, and Ben has covered the four Patriots Super Bowl runs. So we're going to talk a little bit about Ben's career in journalism, uh, working with the Boston Globe, and obviously some National Football League with him and the New England Patriots. So if you're a Patriots fan, uh, tune in this Tuesday at 2 o'clock with Ben Volin as well. Again, I want to say thank you to my guest, uh, Brendan, uh, for coming on here today. I really appreciate Brendan coming on on here, uh, play-by-play voice for the Maine Celtics, the Connecticut Sun, and does some play-by-play work for the National Lacrosse League on ESPN. And he's also a radio personnel on 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston as well. You can also follow Brandon on Twitter. Uh, I'll it up here right now. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at Brandon Glassheen on Twitter, uh, capital B, capital G. And you can also check out his website, uh, 
Brandonglassheen.com or just Google Brandonglassheen.com and you'll see all his work there as well. So again, want to say thank you to Brandon coming on and, and that's the base. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And uh, later on, on later on listening to me on my audio platforms as well. So I hope everybody has a great day and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon for another edition of live with CDP sports talk brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph again. So thank you so much to Brandon Glasheen for coming on today and uh, everybody for watching and listening to my podcast live with CDP and stay tuned uh, for new developments of a new podcast show that I'm working on that will be on the air at the end of January as well. I have a co-host and it's going to be a local news podcast show as well. So stay tuned for that. And I will will reveal more details on my next live with CDP podcast on Tuesday, January 17th. So have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend and enjoy the NFL games on Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk to you later again. Thank you for watching and listening to live with CDP sports talk. We'll